Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries and Mr. Six Figure Holmes. This podcast is the interview that we've just did with Ben Greenfield. We went up to his beautiful home in Spokane, Spokane Washington. We flew up there. I was on his show and he was on the Boxing Life Podcast. So this is the Boxing Life Podcast with Ben Greenfield. Before we get into that podcast and put the interview on here, which is a fantastic interview, uh, we'll tell you a little bit about, a little bit about our trip what about that, Glenn? What a good trip, right? Amazing, yeah. So when you told me that we were going to be going up there to do the podcast, we're going to be staying at his house. As you know, I've been a fan of his for probably like the last five, six years. It was one of the first fitness podcasts on iTunes when iTunes first started doing podcasts. So when, when I started listening to podcasts, it, that was one of the first ones that I got involved with and just loved it from since day one. He's, he's a great podcaster, full of knowledge and intellect and tips and everything. He's just... It's kind of like my textbook, really, for, for nutrition and fitness and training and wellness, biohacking, everything you can think of to optimise yourself. Yeah. He, he's he's up, right up there for me as number one. So to get the chance to just meet him, I know we've met him a couple of times when you've trained him in the gym, but to get into his world and see his house and how he lives and all that kind of stuff, it was just so inspiring and so eye-opening and a real kind of life-changing experience for me i came back so inspired from that it was it was good stuff yeah me too i i'll come back very inspired uh when we first got there so he lives in this big house in, on it's a 10 acres of land that's all you said i think some loads even of more than that they're like 50 you say i don't know i don't know acres too i don't much, know but it's anyway a huge place. <laughs> so so he gets there and uh his missus is just leaving on the bike the first time i met his, met his missus she went on a bike ride and he said, all right, boys, we're ready. He showed us around the house. He, and his house is, he built it himself. Yeah. He's, he's in the old biohacking and, and living a really clean lifestyle. Right. Everything that he does, I'd say, is like a 10 out of 10 for wellness. Yeah. Any, anything that he does, anything. Yeah. If he's living and breathing, he has to be operating on a level 10 of health and fitness. Like, for example, <laughs> he's, he's made sure that his water that comes out of his taps in his house is through all filtered it's through all the wells, yeah. underground and all that. So the, what I've been talking to people about in the gym all week, they've been asking how the trip was, and I said, okay, so first thing about his house, solar-powered, yeah. so there's no standard electricity, everything's solar-powered, there's no Wi-Fi or Bluetooth in his house, everything's ca direct cable connected. The temperature of the house is freezing, so you... you you're always your body's always kind of working while you're. It wasn't there. freezing. It was, it cold. was cold. It wasn't freezing. It was cold. Well, not freezing, but not you know zero. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you, at first, I was like, "Oh, it's nice freezing though. here." It wasn't. It, it wasn't was perfect. Yeah. But it's it's for a purpose. That's the whole point of all this. It's all for a purpose. It's to make you better and healthier. In the room that I had, there was no curtains or blinds, so you wake up to natural sunlight. Yeah. The whole water filtration system that you talked about, so the, the shower can get really, really cold or really, really hot, and it's all just, I think it's all alkalinized water. Yeah, so, it's, so you drink it, the tap water as well, right, it's all good. drink straight so. from the taps, yeah. He had one TV in his house, and that was in the guest room. Yep, and then everything was made out of wood. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like all yeah. the furniture, doors, everything, the stairs, yeah, everything's just manufactured from But modern from looking. Earth. Yeah, it's modern, yeah. That's the weird thing. It's kind of like a primal existence, but with all the benefits of a modern existence at the same time. Right. So, like, he's got the ability to filtrate the water into alkaline water, so he does it. You know, he has the ability to solar power his house, so he does it. You know, he uses technology to... 
yeah. get the maximum out of everything. So he showed us around his house and then he showed us around his garden where he's got chickens where he gets his fresh eggs, he's got goats where he gets his milk. Yeah. He's got his uh, garden where he's a little garden where he plants all where he grows all his food. Yeah. I mean this is this is this is the guy that we're talking about. I mean he's he's so legit. Right. And it's uh, from it's from garden to table. The food is just like straight from the ground, straight onto the table. I mean, which it doesn't get any better than. You can't get any more organic than that. Yeah. Then, which we'll touch on in a minute when we talk about yeah, the meal. Yeah. Then when we said, "All right, are you ready to do the workouts?" So we're like, "All right, sound." Then I like, injured arm, and but we still and I've not. I don't really work out that much these days. So all right, cool. So he's got his two little nine-year-old twin boys with us, and we got changed straight out, and we start doing this workout, this obstacle course in his back garden, which was absolutely amazing and when you say he's back garden we're talking like a full-on forest trail yeah. trail running spear throwing dragging bricks with chains up hills running through bushes twice the height of you like rock climbing walls climbing yeah. over them going underneath the the like the barbed wire but it wasn't barbed wire it was just wire crawling underneath that yeah. i've got nettles scratches all over us right now i've got uh, bruises all over my legs it was amazing because because when we, when we first when we got there, you said, oh, we're going to do this little, this crazy workout. And then I know he's like a professional, like Spartan racer and triathlete and all that stuff. So he's really into those unconventional workouts. I was like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for this. And then to make it worse, I'd hyperextended my elbow the night before hitting the heavy bike. So I couldn't even move my left arm. I was a mess. So I had to like really adjust and just work on legs while we were doing it. But this is what was so good about this workout. When we first started, the first couple of minutes, we were running through bushes and shit. And I was just like... Uh, I don't know about this. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to roll my ankle and my arm. And then I realised straight away, I was like, this thing's beating me mentally. Like, and I just kind of switched my thinking and thought, fuck this, I'm going to dive right in. Yeah. Like, and and it kind of toughened me up quick. And I and I just from that minute when I switched my mentality from like, Ugh, this is uh, not. You for said me. that you feel like Elliot's made you soft. It. Yeah, it made me soft. I realised LA's made me soft. I'm there in the middle of the woods dragging bricks with chains and throwing spears at hay and all this shit and getting caught yeah. up running through these bushes. And, then, and, I, and once I got my mind right and into it, I really enjoyed it. And it was one of the like funnest workouts of, I've, I've ever had. Yeah, same, same for me. I, I don't really like working out, but yeah. he was just like, all right, find something just heavy, yeah. start squatting. And I was and, like, what? And that, yeah, and that's the thing. It's not like grab the dumbbell this way or yeah. grab the med ball of this way. It's like, just grab something fucking heavy and run it up this hill. Yeah, he's like he's carrying his kids up hills, shit. dragging big yeah. blocks and all that. Yeah, and at one point I had one of his kids over my arm, like over my shoulder, because yeah. that was the only heavy thing that I could find. He's like, "All right, just grab a kid." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, grab a kid and run up this hill." So Class. after this fantastic workout, we we jumped in his plunge pool. He's got a, a ice cold pool there, like small. We got in that, which is great for recovery, which yeah. I loved. In there, all his kids, stuff. yeah, uh, and then. That that was just amazing. When the what we said about the uh, about Ben, how he how he does everything, ten out of ten. Yeah. And when you listen to his podcast, you can see the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. You just know that he knows his shit. Oh yeah. And he knows his shit that much. Glenn asked him about his injury, and he said, "I've I give you an injection. I'll, sort you out, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an injection if you want." And Glenn was, "Yeah, definitely." Yeah, because I've, I've I've listened to him for five years plus, and I know he's got he's a PhD nutritionist. He's worked in biology labs. He's into research. All this kind of he's like next level. He's a, the guy's a genius. So I got a hyperextended elbow. I couldn't even move my left arm. So when we did that workout, when you were doing all the cr climbing shit, I was just doing squats and working yeah. on my legs. So when we got back, he's like, "Well, I've got something for you to heal that injury up." 
He's going to heal, heal it really quick. And at this point, I was thinking, Shit, I'm, I'm going to be out for a couple of weeks here. This is like legitimately injured. I, can't, yeah. I couldn't move my arm. I was in a lot of pain. He gave me what's called a T5 peptide shot right into my elbow, like an injection. And my attitude towards injections and doctors and on needles and all that, I'm, I'm like really untrustworthy with that stuff. I'm right. like, I don't like needles going in me. But like you said, because I've listened to him for so long and he's just... Did you just trust him? I was like, all right, yes, yeah, son. Just swabs my arm, injects my elbow with this peptide, and then he gave me some electro stimulation on the, where you put the pads on your elbow yeah. and you turn the electrodes on. He's like, just do that 15, 20 minutes. And he's going, when you go back to LA, take it with you and just ship it back to me. Because when you're Glenn done. trusts like, him what? that much, and I trust Glenn, yeah. I was like, give me one of them needles as well. Yeah, I, for your thing. I told Sarah, are you mad? You don't even know him when you get I went, right. I trust him. He's just. To so somebody else to tell him this, you'd be like, yeah. what the fuck? But, but anyway, just to go to the results, this peptide speeds up the healing in your muscles and your tendons and your tissues. In, blood flow like crazy to that area yeah. and it just like rapid fires the recovery time like tenfold like elite athletes use it for for sprains and injuries and all that shit so that night I'm, I realised I could start slightly moving my arm I was feeling the results straight away right. and then we did the infrared sauna and all that shit then the next morning I'm like barely touched my face a day later fast forward it's pretty much fixed yeah, fantastic <laughs> yeah so after that <clears throat> then we got a shower we had we done the podcast that I did He's podcast, a guest on his podcast, and then he was a guest on this one, which is the interview that's coming up in in a minute, in, in a couple more minutes. Uh, where when we on this show we talk about uh, biohacking, which mm-hmm. is a big thing I want to get into with him about raising these kids because the way he raises these kids is different to anyone you've ever seen. Yeah, their kids haven't got iPads; they haven't even got like, like I said, tellies and all that. Uh, but it's not weird. It's not. It's not. And the one question that I asked him, which is, is he? Normal and everyone else is just not. Yeah. Or is he unnormal, which to us he is. Yeah. And uh, he's unsold, everyone else is normal. He's unsold by bullshit. So he raises his kids to make them smart, and, and it's not a weird way of doing it. He just he's, he's natural. With it, you know? <laughs> so because he built Billy's house himself, what was fucking class was he said uh, he said uh, kids. Go and show Tony how you can get up the steps without using the steps. And the pair of them just ran, just start climbing up the walls. He's got his, he's got his, uh, his walls are made out of like wood slats where you can climb up, which yeah. is class. Amazing, you know, kids yeah. are learning that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is the podcast with, with him. Uh, we'll just touch on, after, after we did the podcast with him, we went and had dinner. His wife came back from that bike ride, remember I told you she went on, and wh- where she went, she bike ride five miles to pick some berries for our dessert yeah. she made everything from the mayonnaise to the buns everything was homemade it was just, amazing yeah dinner. just on the buns for the burgers we had do you remember what he said about those she fermented the bread so that it, it tastes better and it doesn't spike your insulin levels like regular bread bloody hell you know just next level shit just next level homemade kombucha then, wine everything and then and then that night we went in he's got a hot tub jacuzzi this is the hottest tub I've ever been in in my life yeah. if, he, if he wasn't there I wouldn't have got in because it was too hot oh yeah so, well I tried not to remember I put my foot in and, and you two are sat in there like chilling and I'm like oh so hot stings the shit out of my foot and I'm like oh it's too hot for me yet and he's like no just get in you'll, you'll get used to it same trust again yeah I was like he just told me to get in, you'll get used to it, and I trust what he says. So right. I got in, and I'm like, fucking hell, this is hot. And then within a minute, sound. <laughs> and then the next day, the next day when we woke up, uh, no, we, then after, after the hot tub, we went in the infrared sauna. Yeah. And then, and then the next day... I felt amazing after that infrared sauna. 
Yeah. Amazing. The, the next, you go, which was outside of our guest room where we were staying, where we had two guest rooms. And then we got up and we started doing some crazy biohacking shit in yeah. his kitchen, which he's, do you know what, do you know what I realized about him? He's just such a kind, caring person. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't know us that well. I've cleaned him a couple of times, invite us to his house with yeah. his family, yeah. fed us, yeah. took, give us a, a world-class workout. Give us books, give us an electro-stim machine. Yeah, give us a book each, <laughs> trying to help us, trying to help uh, me for me brain stuff that I was talking about. And just such a good person. Made us, uh, he never made us breakfast, made us coffee and all that and give us loads of things to take away with us. Yeah. Like samples, all the, like biohacking shit. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and it was just an amazing trip. And, and just one thing, the way I felt when I woke up, I woke up at like 4.30 and it was just direct sunlight into my room and I was just... I was just wide awake, I felt refreshed, I felt relaxed. And I was like, this is how you should feel every day. Right. I just felt rested and energized, my skin felt good. I was just like, this is amazing, I've only been here for one day. This is how we feel, must feel every single day. So my whole goal now I'm in LA is like, I want to feel like that all the time. And right. I do feel like I feel pretty good, but that just made me it's feel like, like on a level. different level, yeah. Because what, what, one thing that you said to, us, said to me when we were in, in there after that, that first, well that night we were there, you said, in LA, we're kind of living in a bubble. Mm. Where and I, I thought we were the opposite, but we're kind of are. Yeah, out there in the nature, yeah. and I, it's probably one of the most hippiest shit I'm going to see. Was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was and, and, the, and the way you feel. Yeah, it, with the just with the natural sunlight on the morning. Yeah, the cold showers yeah. and the working out, and then the eating, the legit stuff, being around great people. It yeah. was just like it was uh, good. It was so good, it was really so inspiring. Good. Yeah, so, it kind of made me feel. I said this when we were up there, but like we remember when you were a kid and you'd go out like climb trees and run around in the fields and shit like that and play out till it was like goes dark right. and shit and you didn't give us shit about anything and you just had un limitless energy all the time that's how it made me feel a little bit yeah so good so I've got a, a little bit of video well I've got this full podcast is on video as well uh, this will be on the on YouTube so you can Google so you can YouTube uh, just like Tony Jeffries Ben Green podcast or Boxing Life podcast and also I'm going to put some little clips on the Boxing Life Instagram at Boxing Life so follow us on there and then I'll put the links to the full videos of us being in the cold tub after after training and, and that sort of stuff yeah we got there. loads of good footage didn't we? some good footage and uh, I mean if, if Ben's listening to this thanks mate really appreciate that trip and uh, look forward to getting you back down here soon yep. so here it is the Boxing Life podcast with Glenn Mr Six Figure Holmes myself and Mr Ben Greenfield we are here in the beautiful Spokane 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 with Ben Sounds Greenfield like Shrek, dude <laughs> Ben how's it going mate it's going well, dude. I'm uh, I'm pleased to have you guys here in Little Forest Oasis. It's great. We love it here. We've only been here for a few hours, but uh, we we want to stop here for longer. We've been talking about it. Yeah, well, yeah, we've, we've already climbed up and down ropes. We've jumped in the cold yeah. pool. I want to move here. This is amazing. A lot less traffic in LA, baby. If someone, if you meet someone and they don't know who you are and they say, Ben, what do you do for a living? What do you say? I uh, tell them I work at Subway. That usually shuts up the conversation pretty quick right there. They're yeah. yeah, like, oh, you're boring. I'm going to talk to somebody else. Yeah, I make sandwiches. Um, actually, I, I usually will tell people I'm an author because people get that, right? When I say I'm a blogger and a podcaster and uh, and a human performance consultant, usually like the you know the eyes of the 65-year-old woman sitting next to me on the plane just glaze over or somebody tries to pound on the elevator and get out as fast as they can. So I tell people I'm an author. But but really, 
you know, I spend most of my time either researching and reading or writing or doing some form of new media, right? Like podcasting or making videos or traveling around the world, either speaking or competing because I compete professionally in obstacle course racing uh, after spending about eight or nine years competing in Ironman triathlon, bodybuilding before that, and then playing collegiate tennis before that. So uh, ultimately author, speaker, athlete, coach, that type of thing, right. a little yeah. bit of everything. I first heard about you through Glenn before I knew what a podcast was he was like I listen to this podcast Ben Greenfield he's great you should listen to him so I listened to a few podcasts at the time and it was fantastic you've been seem to have been podcasting forever right yeah wow I, like I was podcasting like right when iTunes first launched podcast it was about a few months after that I sat down in my little gym because I used to run these brick and mortar personal training studios uh, in Washington in Idaho and I sat down in my gym and I had my like my business shirt on and my hair all slicked back and my and and my video camera set up my you know the webcam on my on my computer and I recorded a podcast and all my podcasts I was going through the journal of strength and conditioning research and highlighting everything that I found relevant in there and talking to people about it. And um, then it kind of progressed from there. A, I realized that if I didn't do video, I didn't have to do my hair or put on a shirt. So I started doing audio, which I do now. I still just record my underwear in the, in the office over there. Uh, and then um, B, I started like interviewing people because rather than just like me talking, which I kind of got bored with, I figured I'd start actually getting you know experts and athletes and physicians and people on the show and it's just been kind of a kind of a, an uphill climb slash snowball slash downhill slide from there and yeah did you ever think back then you would be as big as you are now of course now you're, you're a pretty big 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 podcast big podcaster right not I'm not a big podcaster you know, not compared to those well, you know not, not not compared to the NPR guys uh, you know yeah you know I, I think based on to open the kimono the whole like iTunes algorithm for what it takes to be a successful podcaster a big part of that is based on the frequency of podcasting and your consistency of podcasting I'm extremely stubborn I've put out like two episodes a week for almost eight or nine years now wow. so there's consistency so I think iTunes iTunes likes that as far as like, you know, ranking me high as a podcaster. And then they also, uh, they also like the number of subscribers that you have right. and you don't have to necessarily like, I don't have a great podcast that's super slick and producing everything, but I've just been doing it so freaking long that <laughs> there's a lot of subscribers, there's a lot of subscribers, a lot of episodes. So I've got, I've got those two things under my belt. And I think that helps with podcasting. One of the, one of the reasons why you've been successful with the podcast podcast as well I remember right like you said you started right when iTunes first started doing podcasts and I was looking around for good fitness podcasts that spoke to me as somebody who was still learning and trying to get up to speed with terminology and all that kind of stuff and you always spoke in kind of layman's terms it was you brought things down in in ways that it was easy to understand for people that were still learning and trying to expand their knowledge without <laughs> science just being thrown at them ridiculously you know what I mean so yeah it was easy to absorb a lot of knowledge in like one episode and it's like that got me hooked from the beginning so I think that's part of the reason why you're successful you don't go like too far over people's heads with like really complicated terms. I try not well I try to reel myself back if I do but like what I do now I think he does a little bit I think I, I try to have like a sidekick on the show to reel me back and ask me like the layman's questions too yeah I mean I'd, I'd pick up things from the podcast and it would make sense to me and then I'd talk to other people about it and they'd be like 
how the hell did you learn that? Where, where did you get that from? Like, that sounds really complicated. I'm like, it's really not. If you start to just break it down and just talk about it on a normal level, it's just once you get to the grips with the terms, it's, it's not like, I, I find that easier to learn that way than sitting there reading a book and trying to... Yeah, I mean, well, well, for me, audio, yeah, audio is really interesting because you can learn while you're on the fly, like when you're cleaning the house or the garage or you're riding a bike or you're training. So for me, that's like most of the time I'm training, I'm either listening to an audio book or listening to a podcast. I mean, I make fun of NPR, but I actually like their podcast. My favorite podcast every week is the TED Talks audio where they'll take one topic, like one TED Talk, and that TED Talk falls into a specific category, right? Like grit or resilience or creativity or whatever. They'll do like three or four other TED Talks and just interview the the author and geek out on TED Talks for an hour. So that's a good one. We're getting attacked by my little blue healer Australian Shepherd mix comet here. He's out. He's out hanging out with us. Yeah. So we're doing we're doing the backyard podcast out in the out in the forest. Yeah. When we when we come here, I was like looking for looking to see what Ben's podcast studio was, and I seen the two mics and the two. This yeah, is, this is nice. I've got I've got my little. So what I have inside there is I have a stand up workstation, and the way I have that set up is is there's a treadmill and it's a mechanical treadmill, right? So there's these treadmills made by this company called Trueform, and they force you to basically be in the proper biomechanical position when you are uh when when you're walking or when you're running but the other thing i like about it because i'm big into like this whole home that you guys are out right now it's a stupid home there's no wi-fi there's no bluetooth there's very low levels of electricity you know it's, it's all you know the, the air the light the water the electricity is all taken into account when it comes to your personal health but the treadmill doesn't have any motor right so it's not churning out a lot of dirty electricity while i'm at my office and then next to that is one of those topo mats with all sorts of different like surfaces that your feet can stand on so you're able to move your feet and and work your feet in different positions all day long and then there's a you'll notice there's two light panels you can see through the through the glass door there because they're right outside my office outdoors and those are called juve lights they turn out near and far infrared light and so not only do you get all the growth hormone and the skin benefits of infrared light but it's kind of a funny story. They're, they've done studies on rats and now humans where they will shine a 600 to 700 nanometer wavelength of light on their gonads, on their testicles, and they found a significant increase in sperm production and in testosterone. So I actually will pull my pants down there at the office a few times a day and just like flip that friggin' light on. And then the other thing you'll see is that I've got a pair of gravity compression boots. And so when I'm standing at my workstation so that my feet aren't heavy all by the end of the day, you know, if I'm especially I'm training at the end of the day, so my legs aren't super heavy. There, there are these gradated compression boots developed by a NASA materials engineer, and they actually pump blood up and down your legs as you're standing there working. So there's all sorts of little like hacks inside that office that I can use. So by the time I finish the work day, I actually feel I feel pretty good. I don't feel like I worked all day. I actually feel really good. It's a good so. job that your house is in the middle of a big piece of land. Because imagine walking past someone's house and you look for the window and he's there like just red ball. light on his balls raw dude <laughs> FedEx guy the UPS guy everybody like I think just about everybody has seen me naked because I walk I go out to that cold pool that we were in every morning and usually like I'll do my sauna in there inside the house so I sauna for about 30 minutes and sauna is really good for 
increasing the number of what are called heat shock proteins that you have, which are excellent for immune system and for general nervous system resilience. And then the blood flow, the cardiovascular blood flow, not only creates a lot of nitric oxide, which is like Viagra for your whole body, but you get an increase in erythropoietin, your red blood cell precursors, similar to what you'd get if you were to like blood dope with illegal EPO, or you were to like move up high on a mountaintop and train. And, you know, you sweat, you detox through through the skin. You know, your skin is a major detoxification organ, so you sweat through that. But I do that for about 20 to 30 minutes in the morning. And then I really do. I strip off all my clothes and walk out here naked and jump in the cold pool. And, you know, that's about 9 a.m. or so, right about when FedEx and UPS. And so, yeah, I think they've all seen me walking around in the forest nude. So, yeah, I live out in the middle of the forest, but that still hasn't protected me from, from other people <laughs> seeing awesome. me in far less than my skivvies. When I Google biohacking, because I had Ryan Munsey on, you know, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I know Ryan Munsey, yeah. He's on the podcast now. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit. So kind of the first time I really heard about it. I know you are familiar with it. Yeah. Then I started Googling it because I was interested in it. And you're one of the first people that come up. How would you describe biohacking? I mean, we've, you've just kind of described it with all that. Yeah. There, right? Well, I mean, like, yeah, that, that kind of... Biohacking, honestly, originally, it was cats, like, getting magnets installed in their fingertips to be able to do, like, what you see people in Minority Report doing, like, right? Tom Cruise and Minority, like, moving things on screens. Or... Uh, Kevin Warwick, one of like the fathers of biohacking, they call him like a like a cyborg. He installed chips into his body so that he and his wife could telecommunicate. There's another guy who injected chlorophyll into his eyeballs to be able to see at night. Um, there are people installing prosthetic limbs. Even if you look at like like a longevity expert and, and really a very forward thinker, uh, Peter Diamandis, he has installed a self-quantifying chip in his body that will read his blood glucose and his lactate and, and very similar like a Fitbit, except it's in embedded in the skin. To me, that's truly hacking your biology. That's hacking the human body in what I would consider an extreme enough way to label yourself as a biohacker. Putting a stick of butter in your coffee, that's not biohacking. That's just basically toying around with with little nutrition tweaks. Um, Honestly, though, like if you step back and look at it, it's just figuring out a way to Shortcut your way to uh, a desired result, as you know, for for your for your body, or hacking a system to get it to do something it would not normally otherwise do. So, an example of that would be when I travel, especially we're we're out here, we're on a north facing slope, and you guys could imagine in the winter it gets pretty dark and gray out here, especially with all these trees around. You know, it's a nice sunny day today. I mean, the the summer solstice was a few days ago. So it's one of the longest days of the year. So we have plenty of light right now. But in the winter, when I need to jumpstart my circadian rhythm in the morning, or when I've been traveling and my body's on, on, it's your your body's natural 24-hour biological clock. So it's very important for sleep cycles and and for, for feeding cycles as well, for your body to metabolize food properly. And so... When I don't have the proper light cues or I've been traveling a lot, like I've gone from east and I've been back on the east coast speaking or racing or whatever and I come back west, let's say I wake up at um, at, at, at 4 a.m. back out here on the Pacific coast because for me it's 7 a.m. because I just got back from back east and I'm on this north facing slope and it's dark and it's gray. Well, in a situation like that, I could just put up with the fact that I'm going to be waking up at 4 a.m. for the next few days until my body 
body gets used to the new time zone, or I could speed things up. I could use a hack. And in this case, what I would use is a 10,000 lux set of glasses that are upstairs next to the kitchen table that emit greenish white light that entrain my body to think that it's looking at the sun. And I pair that with in-ear phototherapy that shines a very bright light into my ear where there are photoreceptors that act very similarly to the photoreceptors at the back of my eyes. And if I wait until 7 a.m., when I've normally been waking up at 4 a.m., right, but I, I wait until 7 a.m. and I do that, I do that blast of light in the eyes, blast of light in the ears for about 20 minutes while I'm making coffee and tooling around the house, all of a sudden my body shifts back into the normal time zone extremely quickly. Or if, I, you, know, if you want to fight off like winter seasonal effective disorder, things along those lines, same thing, right? So that would be considered an example of a biohack, right? Like I'm hacking my biology using a system or using a tool to get it to do something it would normally take days or weeks to do. I can get to that in a, in a single day using right. like would, eye and ear therapy. Would you class just basic supplementation as a form of biohacking as well? It kind of is, but I mean, really, you know, if you look at our ancestors, they were harvesting uh, plant-based oils and, you know, we're surrounded. If you see some of the yellow flowers out here, that's St. John's wort, right? Like it's sold as a supplement for depression, but our ancestors and my boys and I will do this. We just go squeeze the oil out of the yellow flowers and my boys call it the happy flower. And it's great for just a little, little uplift in your mood. You know, the same thing could be said for that's a stinging nettle out there. You know, that, 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 that one over by the tree, we could pick the little seeds off that and that will increase testosterone and we can go buy that in a supplement or a capsule or an oil form as well. But it's tough to say it's a biohack. I would consider that just like eating things that help the body, right? Like, so yeah, it's tricky. Like it's, it's a sketchy definition. And honestly, I don't think it really matters. Like, like how you define it as much as realizing that whether it's through ancestral living or whether it's through science, you can indeed take care of the body in, in a very mindful way that gets cool results. And, th- and that's what I do. Like, I, you know, my kids and I, we forage out here and, and we find all sorts of different plants and nutrients and we'll dig up organ grapefruit and make teas to help out with the stomach or we'll harvest wild nettle, not just for the taste and the nutrient density, but for that effect on hormones. And uh, you know, I, but then I'll go inside and like shine laser lights on my balls, right? So, so I kind of like have one foot in the realm of ancestral living and and one foot in the realm of modern science. That's kind of the way I like to what live. What I love about this is if I walk into a Whole Foods or a supplement store or homeopathic store in LA, like I can get everything that I, I think I need in supplementation form in that store. Yeah, but you've got it. In your yeah, we're growing here. Everything, like, like yeah. After we podcast tonight, we'll eat. You know, for breakfast tomorrow morning, we'll have eggs from the chickens out there. And tonight, we'll like your salad will be made up of either something that was picked from this forest or that grew in those raised garden beds over there. You know, the meat is something that is either something I bow hunted personally or else one of my friends has caught. And so, you know, it, it's it's um, you know it's it's a matter of really being mindful. Yeah. Too, right? So this yeah. is that's like natural living, right? It's natural living with a little bit of science thrown into. Right. Yeah. Back, this might be a stupid question for you, but back in the day when cavemen used to eat like this, right? They used to have the, the eggs, used to hunt for the food, used to mm-hmm. have vegetables. Well, they yeah. lived to like they were thirty year old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, there's, yeah, what's there, the sweet spot? That kind of sweet spot. Right. 
There, there was obviously more. There was, there was less peace and more war. So you'd be, you could be killed by a fellow human being. There were, there were more wild animals, and we didn't have as many advanced weapons. Like I have a compound bow and several guns, and you know, if an animal comes up to kill me, I can probably kill it first. Um, we have advantages such as better bedding to sleep in, so we have like more regular sleep and more comfort there. We have things that can assist us with anti-aging, like ways to concentrate nutrients from plants. For example, you take something that, that I swear by and use quite frequently for my own health, and that would be essential oils, right? So I have an enormous barbed wire scar on my back that I got from racing a Spartan uh, several days ago. I could have, if it was back in the day and that was an enemy I'd fought and I'd been scraped by a spear or whatever, I could have died from, you know, tetanus or any other number of different diseases. But I've been treating that with uh, with a frankincense, a lavender, and a manuka essential oil, which are steam distilled oils from that plant. You know, I'd need pounds and pounds and pounds of manuka honey to get what I get from a few drops of a manuka essential oil. And that wouldn't, that wouldn't have existed in ancient times simply because the technology of steam distillation didn't exist. And so we do have technologies that allow us to take what our ancestors might have had access to if they would have had those same technologies and still live naturally, but use those technologies to, to enhance our lifespan, for example. Have you ever used any technology or any biohacks that's kind of went wrong and fucked you up on? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I haven't, I, I'm, I'm pretty careful. I always choose things in the light of whether or not there are any health and longevity trade-offs. So I really haven't done that much damage to my body because I, you know, everything from, you know, uh, you know, light that I stick up my nose to, you know, cold therapy to anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty careful. So I can't say that I've, you know, I've, I've injured myself more in Spartan races and triathlons and, you know, probably about the closest you could say I've been injured would be, you know, like this whole cold thermogenesis thing, you know, and swimming in cold lakes and rivers and cold soaks. Like I've gotten frostbite and, you know, do like experiment with how long I could stay in like an ice cold bath. I've lost, you know, lost bowel control and, you know, nasty things like that. But I've never, I've never really hurt myself that bad. I mean, you know, there's, there's enough research out there to where if you choose things wisely, but I'm also not doing these things that, you know, those cats I was talking about earlier are doing. I'm not injecting chlorophyll into my eyeballs or, you know, you know, do, doing anything that crazy or you know even things like you know uh you know peptides like bpc 157 for example that you would inject to you know in, into a muscle that's injured to enhance recovery or tb 500 or something like that yeah yeah like like your shoulder was injured glenn so we threw some electro or elbow was injured so we put some tb 500 on it and we we used electro stim on it using this unit called a mark pro and both of those you know electro has been studied pretty extensively. It's not going to cause Lou Gehrig's disease or any other like multiple sclerosis or some kind of nerve issue. Um, a lot of these peptides, they've been studied extremely successfully in horses and rodent models and granted those aren't humans, but I look into stuff pretty extensively before I determine whether I was going to bring them out of house or, you know, inject it into my friends. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's one thing that I loved about, I love, I love about your podcast is when you, when you react or respond or review a recent study, you're super... 
critical as to the methods of the study and the agenda yeah. of the study and all that kind of Well, that's how I spend the first couple hours of my day is yeah. I wake up and I have my morning routine, right? So I do my gratitude journaling. Yeah, can and I talk about your morning routine? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, when, when I'm at home, and, and I, I replicate most of this when I travel as well, I wake up and I roll over and I, I strap on a Bluetooth-enabled heart rate monitor. It's about the only time I'll put, like, some fancy self-quantification device on my body because, you know, like, this ring that I'm wearing will track my sleep and my body temperature and my nervous system and all sorts of different things, but it also has an internal built-in computer. It's called an Aura Ring, and because it has an internal built-in computer, unlike a Fitbit or a Jawbone, which emit a Class 1 Bluetooth signal every one to three seconds, searching for a phone or a device to talk to, it just stays nice quiet. We're getting attacked by a dog again. (laughs) The Bluetooth-enabled heart rate monitor that I strap on in the morning tests the strength of my nervous system, and it will tell me whether my sympathetic nervous system or my parasympathetic nervous system need rest and recovery. So it allows me to kind of call an audible in terms of the type of training that I would do for that day. Yeah, and I use an app called NatureBeat that will collect the data from that monitor. It's extremely efficacious for predicting illness or injury or overtraining. Um, Or on the flip side, if you want to overtrain and overreach and kind of get your heart rate variability very low and then super compensate and recover, you can use it as a tool for that. But while I'm doing that in the mornings, I also will uh, do gratitude journaling. So I read a little devotional or an inspirational booklet, and then I write down uh, what I'm grateful for that day and who I could help or serve that day and what truth I discovered in that day's reading. And I do that while my variability monitor is checking me up. And then I, I get out of bed and I go downstairs and I put on the coffee. And while the coffee is brewing, I, you know, you guys could see in my office, I have a whole box full of like medieval like torture devices, vibrating foam rollers, and these things plugged into the wall over there that you can use to vibrate your body, you know, Myo Buddy and a Viper, and you know, all these things I can do to do deep tissue work. So rather than getting like a two-hour massage every week, I just do like 10 to 15 minutes of deep tissue work and stretching each morning, right? So so consistently just like hit a sore spot or hit a spot that needs work. And then I will, uh, I, I also, uh, before I do that as the coffee's on, I have a giant glass of salt water. I have a, a jar up on the kitchen table. I can show you later. It's chock full of these big chunks of Himalayan sea salt. Just jump in there. Do you yeah. The temperature of the water, do you go cold or, or warm? For water in the morning? Yeah. I like warm water. I find that it kind of helps to move things through my system for a little bit better, so yeah. I'm able to have a giant dump later on be between that and the coffee. Right? Yeah. 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 And occasionally, like, I'll also, a few times a week when I'm doing, like, the vibration or the massage tools, I use, a lot of people don't do not do deep tissue work on their stomach, and they get constipation, they get those issues, but a lot of times it's just due to fascial adhesions and, you know, and the need for, for massage and, like, yeah, the ileocecal valve in the areas of the stomach. Yeah, so I'll use devices like that on the tummy. Um, So the salt in the water is really good for mineralizing your body and every cell operates, the membrane of the cell operates on an electrochemical gradient. And salt and and electrolytes, those are actual electrical conductors. And so if you have adequate minerals, your cells conduct electricity far more readily. And you can actually charge the water. You can add a little bit of an electrical charge to the water. If you add the minerals, then what I do is I set the water 
water out in the sunshine. So I'll set it out in the sunshine during the day and move it in at night. And when I drink that in the morning, it's very electrically charged, mineral-rich water. So I'll have that, do all like the foam rolling and the stretching and everything for 10, 15 minutes. And then once the coffee's ready, I'll sip my coffee. And for a while, I'll just read journal articles and research. Sometimes I'll write fiction. I don't jump into Facebook or email or anything like that. And then uh, after I've kind of finished my coffee, uh, I'll then go and have my glorious morning poo. And then uh, I come back downstairs after that, and I do a quick workout. I don't do a CrossFit walk. I don't do anything hard like we did this afternoon because, really, it's it's between about 4 and 7 p.m. that your grip strength peaks and your testosterone peaks peaks and your body temperature peaks and your reaction time peaks and even things like your post-workout protein synthesis peaks. When all these things peak, that's the time when you're supposed to do a hard workout. So that's when I do a hard workout. In the morning, I just do something very simple. I'll, I'll get in the sauna for 20 or 30 minutes and then finish up with a cold plunge or I'll go on a walk in the sunshine up on the, there's a big farmer's road up here if you touch the forest up where we were throwing the spear earlier. If we were to keep going up that hill just a little bit farther, there's this nice long farming road. It takes about 15 minutes to walk down and 15 minutes to walk back. So I'll, you know, go on a walk and just do like deep nasal breathing during a walk or I'll do like an easy swim. I'll ride my bike down to the river and do an easy swim. But I'll do something very easy for about 30 minutes in the morning and then I uh, I, I shower up. You know, I usually finish with a cold shower and, and start my day, my actual work day. So yeah, that's my morning routine. That's interesting that you said about grip strength and reaction times peaking between like four and seven because when I get to the if I ever in the gym in the morning even when I was teaching the 7 a.m. classes I see people working out high intensity at 7 a.m. and I hated yeah. trying to do the yeah. classes at that time my body and everything wasn't if that's the only it. time you're going to do it and, and, and don't get me wrong like if I'm at a freaking conference and I know I'm going to be sitting inside yeah. a stale conference I'll, I'll get up in the morning and I'll right. do like you know ten sets of thirty burpees well, yeah, and just charge up the body right. yeah if you your hand is forced, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how people perform at that. Yeah. Time it's crazy. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to talk about, I know we're going to get lunch soon, uh, dinner soon, is your kids. You've got two nine-year-old boys. Yeah, and, River and Taryn. Yeah, and what I've seen so far, I've not spent loads of time with you, just a little bit, is the way you bring them up. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, you've got them boxing when you come to LA and doing other activities. Here you're doing crazy obstacle course. You're telling me they want a, a wildness camp mm-hmm. just today. Yeah, they have a wilderness survival wilderness. camp. Uh, it was supposed to be today. It starts next week. I, I was incorrect. But, yeah, they, they go out and they learn how to how to sleep overnight in the woods and make fire with a bow. And, I'm guessing yeah. they haven't got phones or iPads. Mm-mm. No. no. And like, no. Like, that, that's what every other kid seems to have around. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll use my phone sometimes, but they don't really, like, they know... I give them the choice, but they know that that Wi-Fi and Bluetooth does have an effect on the body. So when they use my phone, they'll put it in airplane mode and and play around with it a little bit, and then take it off airplane mode and give it back to me. So yeah, we've spent probably ten, fifteen years, well, a long time in the city, right? Right. Mm. But me personally, I grew up in Lancashire in England, and it's, it's it's a lot like this where I grew up, a lot of fields and countryside. And my upbringing as a kid until I was probably like 15, 16 was like, like this. I was yeah. out in the summer. You know, it didn't go dark in England until like 10, 30, 11 at night. And my upbringing was doing this kind of stuff. Well, that was before technology. Exactly. So now my life's completely flipped and I'm living like a completely city, modern lifestyle. And this kind of 
lifestyle is completely gone from my day-to-day -day existence. Mm. So to come back here and do this and then do that workout today and see how your kids are reminds me of how I grew up and it's yeah. making me think now that I've got kids, it's like I want to kind of take go back to this kind of right. level a little bit I mean I don't yeah. think I could do it full time well people ask me they're like well, dude why do you you know as a speaker and as a guy who's traveling all the time why do you live in freaking Spokane right. and it's because I have this oasis that I can come back to right. yeah it's inconvenient yeah I probably spend more money on airplane flights than I need to and uh, you know there's not as many entrepreneurial opportunities as there would be if I lived in LA or Austin or New York or San Diego but yeah I think there's definite benefits to just kind of being able to unplug and be in nature and yeah, yeah and enjoy this this I great God's like, creation oh, why the hell does he live out, out here in yeah. sticks but that's what I was here. thinking when we were driving yeah. in now that we've experienced it no one works out why yeah. I, I can't yeah. think anywhere better that like you could really bring your kids up yeah. from somewhere yeah like I mean look, look at this guys the sun coming through the trees and the birds are singing I was and, just listening to your most yeah. recent podcast with um uh, Thomas Cowan. Yeah, Dr. Thomas Cowan. He, he, he was talking about not playing with your kids and kind of just letting them develop mm -hmm. themselves and yeah. free reign to go this Yeah, there's even a book about that called Free Range Kids. Yeah, yeah. I actually was looking at uh, downloading the digital version on the Yeah. Website, yeah. But it, it's such an interesting concept because it sounds such like a, a really controversial headline, don't play with your kids. You're like, what? And then it's like when you actually listen to what he's got to say, it's, it makes complete sense. It's like yeah. your hands off, but you you let their brains develop and their imagination grow. And then as long as they know that they've got you when they need you, it's like that's the best way. Yeah, exactly. And granted, we don't have a lot of mountain lions and bears out here to grab them. So, yeah. Ben, if anyone wants to find you, where can they find you? Uh, come out to the middle of the forest. Hunt me down, baby. I'll be out here <laughs> running around naked. Um, you could just go to bengreenfieldfitness.com. That's a good spot. Uh, that's where I got my blog. I do a, a podcast like we mentioned, um, put out videos. I, I have a whole bunch of free resources out there, like my my not just my morning routine, but my afternoon to my evening routine. It's like a free PDF you can download. A um, whole bunch of stuff on there. But, yeah, that'd be a good place would be Ben Greenfield fitness.com what's the in a nutshell what's going on with the ben greenfield fitness systems as well that's kind of like your yeah i'm uh, uh if you go to uh it's greenfield fitness systems that's where i kind of keep track of like all the like the supplements i'd recommend and the biohacks and the foods and all that jazz so yeah that's that's where all that is and later on this year at the time that we we're recording this i'm rebranding that to really be a brand that focuses on complete optimization of your mind your body and your spirit this idea of key life force energy prana um and uh, it's, it's going to be called Kion, k-i-o-n and so that'll be the new brand that we launch later on this Sounds year great. Looking forward yeah. to that. so guys if you follow us at box on life on instagram we'll tag ben in some recent videos and some footage of this trip uh, here in spokane 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 <laughs> thank you ben hey thanks for having me on guys